don't know whether you've noticed this, uh, but I've noticed it, that sometimes when you walk into a person's house and you start talking to them and you notice that there's something really excited going on that, uh, and you start talking to them and after a little while you work out that they're really excited about a book that they've just read. And that book might be about the latest diet or the latest food machine or the latest way to raise children or the latest whatever it is. They've got it and they get really excited about it and they just want to tell you everything, don't they? Because they think it's got them, it's caught them and they're looking something like this. They're so excited about this because whatever they've read has caught their ear and it's excited them and they want to tell everyone about it. Well... That happens to all of us sometimes, doesn't it? Sometimes we get caught on something and it grabs our ear and we want to know about it and then we want to tell people about it. Uh, some people have that old saying, don't they? They've said, he's got the politician's ear. What they're saying is that this person is able to speak to that politician or the person in power and influence them. They've got their ear question that we want to ask this morning is who's got your ear? Who's got your ear? Who are you listening to? Uh, who are you listening to the most? Is it Good Morning Australia, one of the morning shows? Have they got your ear? Is it the latest book you've been reading? Uh, is it the latest TV show that you're watching? Who's got your ear? Because we live in a world, don't we, where there are so many competing voices, aren't there? So many competing voices. There are voices all around us wanting our attention, wanting our focus, wanting us to go this way, wanting us to do this, wanting to head in this direction, wanting to take us. That There are voices everywhere wanting to take us the way that they want to take us, to influence us, to change our worldview. Some of them are subtle, some of them are less subtle. But who's got your ear? Or who should have your ear? Well, that's what we're going to be thinking about this morning as we look at Psalm 46 together. Uh, Ron's going to come up and read that for us. Keep an ear out. That one? Is that on or off? You want it on? Uh, keep an ear out for what God wants. And he wants your ear. So, Ronnie, come up and read Psalm 46 for us. That'd be great. <clears throat> uh, the, <clears throat> the reading this morning, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fail. Fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. 
Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth, breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Uh, Matt said to me just before I got up and I said that we're doing Psalm 46 he said that's one of my favourite psalms I said well I hope I don't wreck it for you this morning uh, it is a great psalm isn't it it's wonderful <laughs> yeah pray for it now pray now uh, it is a great psalm isn't it and uh, it's probably got one of the more, most famous verses in the Bible in the middle of it doesn't it be still and know that I am God uh, and we'll get to that verse, but we'll get there by seeing why we can be still and know that God is God as we look at the rest of the psalm as well. Uh, if you notice, there's a refrain throughout the psalm. It happens three times. Can you see it there? Uh, you look in verse 1. I'll go past that. I'm not sure why I put that there. Uh, have a look at what it says there in verse 1. God is our strength and refuge, our ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear or give way. Do we not go through those? Yeah, sorry, mate. Let me get me. There we are. So, if you look at verse 1, God is our strength and refuge, our ever present help in trouble. Look at verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us, and the God of Jacob is our fortress. And then again in verse 11, the Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Uh, that's a refrain throughout, isn't it? Uh, if you see a refrain throughout the Bible repeated, something repeated, you've got to be pretty sure that God wants us to take notice of that. That that is something that he wants us to understand. And this psalm is all about how we can know that God is for us. That's what he's saying, isn't he? The Almighty is with us, he is on our side. He is our fortress, he is our strength and refuge. God is on our side. Uh, the writer of this psalm, who we're not 100% sure is, uh, is wanting us to know 100% that if we're on God's team, then he is on our side. And we know when we get to the New Testament, don't we, that to be on God's team means that we put our trust and belief in Jesus. When we trust in him, then we're on God's team. When we trust that Jesus' life, death and resurrection is the only way that we can be right with God for eternity, then we are on God's team and then Psalm 46 can be our psalm. If we're not on God's team, it's not our psalm. It's just a nice piece of writing. But the psalmist is saying, if you're on God's team, then God is on our side. And I don't know about you, but God has got to be the best person to be on your side. You know, there are good people to have on your side, isn't there? If you're playing tennis, Djokovic would be handy if you're playing beside you, wouldn't it? Or if you're playing uh, cricket, Sachin Tendulkar, I'd be happy to have him on my side. Or if you're wanting those cooking programs and you're having a competition, Manu, he'd be nice to have on your side, wouldn't he? They're good to have on your side, those sorts of people, because they can turn games. They can win games. And if you're a bookie, bookies change their odds depending on whether some of these players are there or not. That's how much an influence they have. 
But the best person to have on your side is Jesus, is to be on God's side because he is mighty and powerful. You see, that's what the psalm goes on to say, doesn't he? He intersperses between, know that God's on your side, he's your strength and refuge, and he intersperses because this is what God is like. Know that God is your strength and refuge because this is what God is like. Know that God is your strength and refuge. He's on your side because this is the God that we have. And he goes through, doesn't he? He tells us, first of all, that God is our strength and refuge, our ever-present help and trouble. Uh, he's our provider, isn't he? He's there. He, he protects us. When I'm running, I mentioned this, and I went into the shelter. It protects us from the rain. God is our strength and our refuge for all eternity. Now and into eternity. He is our only refuge, ultimately, in eternity. When the end times come, there is no safer place to be than in the arms of God. That's where we want to be. He's our protector. Not only is he our protector, but there is, he's also, he provides for us. There is a river whose streams made the glad, the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. Well, back then they thought it was Israel, but Israel was a poor example ultimately of the great kingdom, wasn't it? He's going to provide a home for us, a safe place for eternity. And he's the only one who can do that. And he's in control. He's in control of everything. Look at that verse 6. The nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. There is no one like him. That's what we sang in that first song, didn't we? He's powerful. He protects. He's in control. And look what he does as well. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease at the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. This is a powerful God. He can make all those things cease. He can, with the click of his finger, with the sound of his voice, he can completely cease everything that there is. And one day he will. One day he'll completely shut everything down. Everything will be gone and then he'll rebuild his new kingdom. Amazing is he protects us, provides for us. He's in control. He's all powerful. That's the best person to have on your side, isn't it? God is on our side. Why? We want that, don't we? Who should have our ear? Should God have your ear? My word, he should have our ear, shouldn't he? Because he is all those things. He's the one that we should be listening to. And the verse goes on, doesn't it? It says to us a beautiful thing. It says, God is all these things. And then in the middle of it, just this one little phrase. Therefore, we will not fear. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? How many can put up our hands and say, that's us? Good on you, Joe. Hang in there, mate. I like, I'm going to go half. That's what I like to see and that's what I like to do most of the time. But there is a lot of the time where my hand is not fully up trusting that. I fear things. I get worried about things. 
It's because I don't trust this almighty, protecting, providing, in control, powerful God. But if we do, if we know that, if we have that, if that is part of who we are, then we will not fear. No matter what comes our way. Uh, There's a great t-shirt line out there called No Fear. That is the t-shirt all Christians should wear. I'm not saying go out and support that particular brand. But that should be us, shouldn't it? We should be the people who live in this world with no fear because we have a God who does all those things he says he does. And he's shown that most clearly to us in how he's brought about Jesus who even clarifies it even more for us. So why do we fear, guys? Why do we do that? Well, the psalmist knows that we do do that, so that's why he's written the psalm. Because he wants to remind us. He wants to bring us back and show us that God is on our side. He wants us to bring us back to know that there is nothing outside of his control, nothing outside of his power, nothing that can take us from him for eternity when we're in Jesus, he's on our side. When we're in Jesus, he is all of that for us. So we don't have to fear. Don't get me wrong, we can look at the world around us, can't we? Uh, I picked up the paper this morning and here are some of the headlines for you. Whee! Jump down. One more, maybe. Come on. Doesn't want to jump down one. Oh, maybe I didn't put it up there for you. Let me jump back, sorry. I read through the headlines this morning and what's the very first headline in the Sydney Morning Herald? Australian soldiers do something terrible in Afghanistan. Then the Japan earthquake. Then Chelsea gets beaten by a hat trick of three goals. If you're going for Chelsea. There was all these negative things in what was happening around us in the world and the one good thing was down the bottom was the Pope takes 12 refugees back to Rome with him. Now, it's a nice gesture, but there's 20-odd thousand sitting on the border, isn't there? But we look at that and we look at the world and we can have this sense of complete fear and trepidation of what the world's going on about. But the psalmist comes and says... The world may be in chaos. The hills may fall on themselves, but you don't have to fear when God is on your side. He is your strength and refuge. We don't have to fear. When we get that report that we have cancer, yes, it's going to rock us, but in Jesus, with God on our sides, we don't actually have to fear. When our job goes and it looks like it's all completely destroyed on us, we actually don't have to fear because God has it in control. He is our strength and refuge. And don't get me wrong, the psalmist and I, and God knows that that's not an easy thing for us undoubting, untrusting, frail human beings who go to anxiety very quickly. But that's why we have God's word and that's why the psalmist keeps reminding us of who God is. So who should have your ear? 
Who should we be listening to? Who should we be spending time with reminding of all, all these things? If we looked at the newspaper and spent all our time in the newspaper, we would be in a state of anxiety continually, wouldn't we? Even if we're watching TV or we read the latest guru on how to live life, none of it compares to what we have in our God. So who are you listening to? Where are we spending our time? And then that beautiful verse comes out, doesn't it? Be still and know that I am God. It's a famous verse, isn't it? You'll see it written on places you would have quoted it at different times. But the psalmist hasn't just plucked that out of nowhere, has he? He's got it sitting in amongst a whole lot of wonderful truths about who God is. And in amongst that, once you know that, then he says, be still and know that I am God. But how often do we do that? How often are we still? We live in a world that is just completely wanting to flood us with every opportunity, everything. There is choices upon choice upon choice, isn't there? All the time around us. And we would be like this, like Homer, wouldn't we? What do I choose? There's too many options. We have so many options, so many bright buttons. Everything's about opportunity. Everything's about getting, trying, being out there, doing all these things. There's so much out there. Uh, we're all about, aren't we, on education. Get as best education as you can so you have as many opportunities as you can. And don't get me wrong, good to be well educated. But we've got all this stuff, so many opportunities that we just get overloaded with it all, don't we? What about this? You go to the supermarket and how many lots of toothpaste can you choose from? And not just different brands, but look at how many there in the Colgate brand in itself. Man, I just want something to clean my teeth. Not whiten it and brighten it and change my configuration all in one brush. It's crazy, isn't it? All this stuff that we have, and we just becomes busy, doesn't it? It's busy in your choices and it's busy in our lives. I reckon we would have to be the busiest generation that there have ever been. Because we've got to get every opportunity. We've got to have every choice. We've got to go and do everything. We've got to try everything. We've got to give everything to everyone. We've got to give our kids every opportunity that they can. We need to be racing around all over the place because our kids have to have that, don't they? Now, I'm on the other side of that. My kids don't want me. No, they do want us around, but they don't need me around to do that. But I know how easy it is to get caught up in thinking, I've got to get my kids to everything around the place. So busy that there's just no time for anything else. Or when you get caught into a business, don't you? You get so busy in what the business, it takes up every aspect of what you are. There's so many choices. You need to order this. You need to look after that customer. You need to be over here. I need to have that up. I've got to be up early to ring that person. I've got to be doing all these things. We are the busiest but yet the most anxious generation ever.
He's wise, isn't he, God? He knows that in the end, the only voice, the best voice that we need to be listening to is his. Be still and know that I'm God. That means we're going to need to make time, doesn't it? This means we need to stop making excuses and we need to make time. It's tough, isn't it? Maybe we do need to say, I can't get my kid to that extra training session during the week. Maybe the third dance class that they have, maybe one will do. Maybe it means I don't have to or I can't do that business trip this time. Maybe it means I can't be on every committee that there is in the town to do that. Because I think we make excuses, guys, don't we? And I'm just as guilty of that as anyone sitting here. I can make ministry an excuse to not be still God is God. This is a good quote, isn't it? People always make time for what is important to them. I know there are extenuating circumstances of finances and life stages and a whole lot of other things out there. But people make time for what they think is important. If we think God is important, if we think Jesus is our saviour and our transformer and our all, then we've got to stop excuses for not spending time with him. We've got to stop the excuses, guys. I don't know what yours is. I don't know where you're at with that. But whoever we are, God says to us this morning that he wants your ear. Of all the competing voices that are out there who want your attention and want influence on you, God wants to be the most influence on you. And he deserves it, doesn't he? And he is the best. But so often we get dragged off onto everything else. Be still and know that I am God. Make the time to do that. Now remember, in the last couple of weeks we've been talking about saturate and we've been talking about that part of that is doing that in community. You can be still and know God with others, by the way. You actually spend time with others and do that together. And Jesus did that, didn't he? He spent time with others doing that, but he also spent time by himself doing that. So if Jesus spent time doing it with others and went off and did it by himself as well, do you think that we're any better than him? Do you think that we can get on in this world better than Jesus did? Ah, nah. Nah, there must have been a weakness in Jesus there. He had to go and spend time with others and get to know God and spend time by himself going, spending time with God. <laughs> I don't need that. No, we can't say that, can we? If Jesus did that, then that's what we should be on about as well, shouldn't we? 
So let me encourage you to stop making excuses. Let me encourage myself. Stop making excuses, guys, to be still and know that God is God, that he is to be glorified, that he is the one above all things. You see, this has a movement in it. It's not just be still, kick back and take it easy. It's be still and know that I'm God. This is a movement towards God. This is a movement of understanding who God is. There's a sense that this is actually taking us into a deeper, more reflective relationship with God of understanding him more. That's what this verse wants to take us towards. So let me encourage you to do that. Let me encourage you to do that in a number of ways. Uh, First of all, let me encourage you to saturate yourself with God through his word. And I'm going to give you time frames. I'm not going to tell you that you need to do this five minutes a day, half an hour a day, an hour a day, whatever. But you need to have time to be saturated by God in his word. Sometimes we think, quick, flip through the Bible, put my finger on it, get that verse, I'm off for the day. Ah, it can be helpful, don't get me wrong. But when God wants to go deep with us, when he wants us to be saturated, he wants to be saturating us in our whole lives is what we've been talking about. He wants us to be able to have time to allow that to happen. Take time out, guys. Now, I've done this in a number of different ways. For me, I take from 8 o'clock till whenever it goes. That's my weekly, daily time. Uh, I've done that sometimes by taking a half day where I've just said, that's it. I'm packing up my bags, I grab my Bible, I grab the prayer the uh, directory and I go down into the national park or I go out onto the headland and I'll take a bit of food and I'll just sit and I'll read God's word and sit and listen to what God says through his word and then I'll pray through our directory for you guys. Karina and I have taken a three-day jaunt together where we've gone away for three days and every morning, that's for the first couple of hours in the morning, we had this uh, devotional book called Resting Place. We went away by ourselves, sat down, worked through that, spent time quietly in that, allowed space for God to speak through his word and through his spirit to us and then came back together and spent an hour talking about that together and then had the rest of the day spent together. I go away each year with a couple of blokes on a retreat and every morning for two hours, that's a similar thing that we would do. Someone would give us a devotion, we'd take it, we'd go and find a quiet spot, we'd read it and we'd sit and pray and allow God to speak through his word and through his spirit to us. Lots of different ways we can do it, guys. There's not one set one and it's not one that you do and suddenly you think, I'm going to get an amazing experience out of this in one sense. Sometimes that does happen, by the way. But more often than not, it's just slowing yourself down enough to allow God to speak to you without all the busyness that's going on around you. By soaking into the Word, by letting it permeate you, by having the sense of that to get into your innermost being. do it much, do we? We don't just be quiet very often. Got to have a phone in the hand. Got to have an earpiece in with the, the music going. We've got to have stimulation all around us. And they're actually finding that kids these days are growing up 
and they cannot concentrate and they cannot sit still because they've got to have all this stuff and it's overloading their brains. We are actually designed to rest and have space and have time and particularly to have time with God. We need space to do that, to allow it to permeate us and then to be motivated to action. Uh, you notice the psalm, he says, it goes on, doesn't it? And it says that God will be praised, God will be given glory, God will be... That actually this has an outworking of being still and knowing God has an outworking of God being glorified. There's a motivation to go out and do things. So often when I have time, be it in the morning or be it uh, those longer ones, there's always a space where I write down what am I going to do with what I've just read? What am I going to be motivated to go out and live this for? Who am I going to go and speak to this about? Who can I encourage and share this with? Because that's the way it goes, doesn't it? It spreads out to others because of that. You see, be still and know God is not just for us by ourselves, but for us to be able to feed and encourage others as well. Because God is on our side. He is our strength and our refuge. Our ever-present help in times of trouble. He's amazing, isn't he? Psalm 46, it's a beautiful psalm. Go home, take time. Give yourself some space. If you've married... Give your kids to your spouse and say, take them for a while and then swap over and do it another time. If you're not married, then cut something else that's in your life at the moment and go and spend some time and do that. If you've got plenty of time, don't tell them on the TV, open up the Bible and just be quiet with God for a period of time. Let me encourage you to do it daily if you can. Let me encourage you to take time out monthly where you spend more time in that or maybe once a year go on a retreat by yourself and do that or go on a retreat and take someone with you your spouse a good friend because we are designed guys to have the one person who is all powerful who protects who is in control the God of the universe who has given us Jesus. We are designed for him to have our ear and to be the main person in our ear, to be the main influence in our life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We live in a crazy world, uh, in a world where there are so many competing voices, so many uh, people and worldviews that want our ear. But Lord, we are made as people, people who our ear is to be turned to you first and foremost. Heavenly Father, we want to ask for forgiveness for not giving that to you, for not being the ones not in our life taking that time to allow you to be the main influence, to allow you to be the main voice in our ears, Lord. Forgive us for that, Lord. Transform us. Give us the motivation from inside by your spirit, Lord, for the be, that you will be our desire because of who you are, because of what you've done, because of Jesus, Lord. 
that we will not just be able to say, be still and know that you are God, but we will desire that and we will do it. Heavenly Father, we ask that your spirit will be the one that changes our interior motives, our interior motivations, Lord, so that we turn to you, resting, trusting and listening to you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.